Okay, welcome back everyone uh, to Where Where Are You Going Next, a travel podcast for travellers by travellers. And today I have another exciting guest, uh, the lovely Claudia. Um, so could you introduce yourself please, Claudia? Yeah, hi, thanks for having me. Um, I am Claudia from Perfectly Claudia and I am a, or hopefully I'm a good travel blogger and influencer on Instagram. Oh, don't be so modest. You're definitely a, a good one. <laughs> so great, great pictures. And you have a blog as well, don't you? I do, yes. I'm, I blog about all the travels I go on. Sometimes I talk about the lead up to the travel. Um, because I live in Cornwall in England, it takes a good 24 hours to get anywhere in the world. Um, so that's part of the story. And then I blog about where I've been, what I've done whilst I'm there, um, and any tales that arise whilst I'm travelling nice and yeah you should definitely go check it out some great content on there and honestly I, I really like the style of your pictures on instagram i really like the aesthetic you've gone for it looks really good oh thank you yeah it takes a bit of honing in to get the editing how you like it but after trial and error you eventually work down to something that you really love yeah no then uh, you can tell that the hard work has paid off um and cornwall yeah god where's your nearest airport <laughs> that's quite um, far away from everything isn't it <laughs> It is. We've got one in Newquay, which is about half an hour away, but it costs an extra £300 to fly from there to anywhere. Whoa, yeah, so I always end up getting a coach to London, which takes about nine hours. Really? Um, and I fly from London, yeah. God, that's a... <laughs> I mean, definitely worth a £300 saving, but that yeah. is, I can see what you're saying now. You're saying it takes you 24 hours to go anywhere. <laughs> it really does. It seems to take even longer to get home as well, which I think it always does wherever you go. But yeah, it's definitely a travel rather than a holiday. <laughs> yeah, uh, I can imagine. Um, so, cool. Um, when did you start traveling? Is traveling something that you've grown up with or something you started doing more when you got older? Um, a bit of both, really. We're an Italian family living, obviously, in England. Um, so when I was younger, uh, even at baby stage, uh, my parents used to go back over every now and again. But we took a big family trip when I was 10. And we drove from England through France, Switzerland, Italy, Sicily, and back visiting family along the way. And that really spurred on the love for travel. And then from 2011, that was my first big solo trip. And from there, I've traveled solo almost 99% of the time ever since. Wow, I'm, I'm definitely jealous. Uh, that <laughs> sounds like an awesome trip to do. You say you were 10 when you did that really long road trip. Yeah, 10 years old. My sister was four years younger. And most of the time, we would sleep uh, her in the boot of the car and me on the back seat <laughs> with the seats put down. So, yeah, it was quite a quite a journey yeah no it sounds like it I love that uh the creativity there to uh put the back seats down just sleep in the car <laughs> um and so you say you've been solo traveling since 2011 yes yeah my first trip um uh, was with a massive backpack almost the same size as myself and I went to <laughs> Thailand for just under two months nice so you it sounds like you've got quite a lot of experience with uh, solo traveling then yeah, it's definitely, um, I don't want to rule out going with friends, but I personally find it's a preference for me. It just gives you so much more 
you know, flexibility with where you want to go, what you want to see, and especially shooting content for Instagram. I really feel guilty when I go with people and I have to say, oh, do you mind if I take another picture? I just feel so bad for them having to wait all the time. Yeah, I can imagine. I've been traveling with some photographers before, um, before I started to get into it. And they were like, oh, can we just stop again? I was like, okay. Yeah, every uh, pretty thing you need to take yeah. a picture of. Yeah, they really but, get into it. Yeah, but now as I'm coming more into it myself, I uh, I can appreciate more, but uh, it's good to stop a lot and uh, take the opportunity when you're in front of really beautiful scenery and, and buildings and places. Yeah, I think it kind of helps you to stop and take it in as well. I think when you're more of a tourist, you kind of just go to all the tourist attractions and you're lumbered in with so many other people. But when you go to find, or what I do is I, I try and find the hidden gems. And I know quite a lot of probably more male photographers tend to do the same thing. Um, and you end up finding random spots for sunrise, sunset and all throughout the day. And it's really nice to just stop and take a couple of moments while you're shooting to take it all in. Yeah, and I love that that you said about looking for hidden gems. The one thing I like to do is walk off the beaten track a little bit, you know, and avoid those tourist hotspots. I feel like that gives you more of a sense of what the place is actually like, kind of seeing more of the local culture up front. Is that something that you uh, also relate to? Yeah, I totally agree. I think I love seeing the hotspots anyway, just to tick them off the list and say that I've seen them. And some are really beautiful. But like you say, it's for me, I love getting involved in the culture. I mean, I have to be kind of careful depending where I am being solo. But I do love to just, you know, experience it, try the foods and live it whilst I'm there for that short period of time. I don't want to just get there and be like, oh, this was nice and not having experienced anything of the culture. Yeah, I, I totally, totally agree. Um, and uh, as you were saying, you have to be a bit more careful. How do you feel? How have you felt as a female solo traveler? Uh, you know, any female, uh, any female, any of the girls listening, if you're thinking, you know, what advice would you um, maybe, yeah, advice and caution would you give to them if they're thinking about solo traveling uh, yeah. by themselves? I know a lot of girls are really concerned about doing it, but if you're sensible in your approach, like for example, I go to countries where I know it's fairly safe for solo travelers and for women, especially. Um, I mostly go, or so far I've gone around Europe, around Asia, and I felt totally safe wandering around during the day and the evenings. Uh, Usually I'll check just in case there's any news reports about the place before I book them. Um, I ended up going to Tunisia not alone I was with somebody at the time but the year after there was that shooting on the beach on the same beach that I've been to so Mm. it's always worth checking any news reports first before you book a place Um, but also I tend to get back to my accommodation before or just around nightfall after sunset if I've been out shooting I just prefer the comfort of being somewhere safe when it gets a bit darker yeah, no, that's a, I love that answer. Uh, I hope any any of the girls, any of the women listening, um, any yeah, I hope you can uh, feel, feel more reassured about solo trips uh, and take the plunge. Uh, yeah, it's so fulfilling to do. You honestly, Definitely. it's it's like um, if you go out for dinner by yourself anywhere in the world, that can be so scary the first time doing it. But, but then once you get used to it, you really love the idea of doing it. 
Yeah, that's something I always I struggled to get over at first. The whole yeah, going to a restaurant by yourself, especially in places that are more busy and touristy, because you you just feel yeah like you stick out a bit more being on your own. But yeah, uh, so true. I, yeah, I've definitely grown to enjoy it quite a lot actually. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely glad you've said that. Yeah, it can be so fun depending on who you run into as well. I I stayed um, in Slovenia a couple I think it's last year and I stayed in a hostel uh which I don't normally do normally I go for cheap budget accommodation but the hostel was so relaxed um, I thought I'd stay there walked into a pizza place and a couple of the guys from the hostel were there and they straight away invited me over to their table and we got on so well for the rest of the trip it was great yeah no that's definitely the beauty of hostels uh, I've met some amazing people uh there but you were saying you don't normally go for hostels no, I think I think it's another safety thing about being a female solo traveller. Um, hostels, you can obviously be put in a room, mixed dormitories with several other people. And sometimes that, you know, for me, that's a safety concern, depending on where I'm going. So I would rather have a, a locked room for myself most of the time. Yeah, I, I can definitely appreciate that. Um, definitely. But do you ever think that it's harder to meet people uh, because of that when you're solo traveling yeah I mean it it can be I often get a lot of people come up to me whilst I'm just sat somewhere waiting for I don't know something magical to happen um, and they always ask me if I'm there by myself and then that strikes up a conversation but usually I'm pretty happy in my own company anyway so I don't tend to go out looking for other people to spend time with oh really okay um yeah <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Uh, um, I definitely appreciate hearing that point of view because uh, uh, there's definitely been some trips I've done and I've thought, yeah, I just I'm quite happy being on my own right now, as you say. But there's other times I've definitely been like, okay, I'd love to meet someone and explore with them, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I I totally get it. I think it depends where you are as well. Like for example, if I went back to Asia, um, I'd love to go somewhere like Bali. I would love to go with friends especially those who shoot photography uh, for Instagram or for whatever purpose. And then it would be like a nice group trip almost. Whereas more European countries, I'm happy to just grab a bag and go by myself. Yeah, I, I think, is that something you think about then when you're, if you think shorter trips, kind of shorter distance, you think, okay, I'm more happy to do that by myself, but going the longer distance, you'd rather be, you'd rather be with people you know? Yeah, probably. I mean, that could be, something of it I did Thailand by myself but I went the, the first week I was there I did a tour company thing where everybody was together and we all stayed in rooms together um, but that was obviously my first ever solo trip as well so that bit of comfort really helped but yeah I mean it, it could be I, I'd love to go anywhere really with some people that also love to shoot but more often than not I, I tend to be quite happy in picking up a bag and going solo and I like that you mentioned tour companies. I'm very intrigued by these because I haven't tried them myself, but I have heard they're good. So I'd like to hear your point of view uh, doing it solo as well, because I haven't heard of many people doing them solo. Yeah, so I've done a, a couple actually. Um, I've, I've tried a couple of different companies now. And I really, um, the, the first, the Thailand one was a bit hit and miss, I will say. Um, not because of the company itself, but it, it just depends on who's on the trip with you. It can really make or break the trip. Um, but 
I did another one which was two weeks long through Scandinavia and it was the best decision I'd ever made I've got friends from that trip that I'll have for life and they were all solo travelers as well oh no uh that's very uh that's really good to hear I'm uh I'm glad that they're they're great opportunities to meet people as well um so it's interesting that there were so many of those people on that Scandinavian trip because I don't know I just always have the impression that there's a lot of friends groups uh, on the trip on these tour company trips, so it's kind of harder if you're on your own to 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 kind of meet people. But I think you're to- you're together um, almost 20, 24 hours a day anyway. So everybody, even if there were, there were some groups of three, there were a couple of couples, but everybody starts talking. You're all sat there together at dinner every night. Everybody's sharing rooms with each other. Uh, you're going on day trips together, so. It's a really good thing if you're, if you want to go solo, but you're not comfortable in being totally alone, you will absolutely make friends on a trip. So long as the people are right, which unfortunately you can't always guarantee, but I've been quite happy so far. Okay. Um, that's, that's really good to hear. I'm, uh, I'm even more intrigued now. I think I'm definitely going to have to try. <laughs> at some they're definitely point. good. But yeah. They're, they're helpful if you, you know, want to be with other people you're a little bit worried about going totally alone but I think I've done so many of them now that I am happy to go off by myself it just gives you that extra confidence as well yeah no definitely uh and sounds like it's a good place to start for uh anyone who wants to try solo traveling for the first time so yeah it really is yeah definitely glad that we've uh, we've talked about this um and earlier when we were talking about uh when you were giving advice to any of the ladies listening you were, I kind of, you know, you kind of laid it out that you, you do a lot of research before you travel. So I just want to kind of to explore more and how you actually plan trips, you know, uh, what's your process? Is there any specific way booking like companies you use? Uh, you know, I want to provide value for everyone listening. <laughs> yeah. So I generally always have an idea of where I want to go. And I think Instagram is quite a good visual place to help you come up with those ideas. I mean, you'll see lots of popular places constantly being shown. Um, I follow lots of different photographers as well as influencers. So it's nice to have a good array of places that maybe you wouldn't have thought of before. Um, And then from there, I'll do a bit of more research, probably on Instagram to see what's around the area that I want to go to. Uh, When I went to Norway for the first time I had a look um, obviously there was an itinerary set out for me on that occasion but I had a look at all the places that we were going to um, and everything with the tour company is already organized and booked for you you just pay the overall fee Um, it can be quite expensive so now that I organize my own travel it's a bit cheaper here and there um, and I generally look at apps like Lucky Trip is a good one Um, you can pick your own budget and it will come up with an array of trips that you can go on. But I don't tend to book through them. I'll book separately and it saves you a bit of budget as well. Um, but yeah, I, I generally look at things like TripAdvisor, um, you know, anywhere that where there's reviews and you can see pictures of places and I'll discuss it with other travel friends. Just anything that's open to you where you can already see what's there and the accommodation that you could potentially book a really good online places to start no thanks for that answer i've never heard of i've never heard of lucky trip before so i'll definitely have to check them out um 
Yeah, so, they're quite good. It's, you basically, you put in any budget or maximum budget for yourself and it'll come up with an array of places. Uh, usually they offer combinations of flights and hotels. So you can just have a look at, you know, the top destinations that you would like to go to, but they're not always the more unusual places, which is what I prefer. Oh, okay. Um, it definitely sound like a good one to check out. I'll, uh, I'll definitely be looking at that <laughs> when I'm planning my next, uh, next trip. Uh, so thank you very much for, for suggesting that. No um, and um, to TripAdvisor, I feel yeah. like uh, I don't think I use TripAdvisor as much as I should. <laughs> and um, I'm just wondering how, yeah, do you just use it for looking at local attractions or do you also use it for looking for restaurants as well and places to stay? Yeah, I mostly use it for accommodation because it's going to be honest pictures and reviews from people that have already stayed there. Um, and there was a hostel that I booked with some friends on a, on a return trip to Norway and all the reviews on TripAdvisor were don't go there, people were banging the doors down, but you obviously don't see that when you're going to book it. So I always check TripAdvisor for accommodation before I put any money anywhere. Ah, that's a, yeah, I hadn't really used them for that before. I definitely, um, I usually look at the app I'm booking on. So if I'm looking on like booking.com or Hostel World, I look on the reviews there, but I'll make sure to, to check TripAdvisor as well. It's always good yeah, to get, definitely a good one. yeah, I'm always good to get uh, more reviews and get a better idea of, of what's going on. Um, cool. So next, um, I want to ask, what's your kind of top, top tips? If I was asked, like, give, give two, two, your two top travel tips, what would they be? Okay. So, uh, oh, I don't think I've ever been asked this before. <laughs> good, good. Um, That's what I like, keeping it, keeping it on your toes. <laughs> personally, for me, I would say that, number one, just go. Like, don't worry about people not being able to go with you. Otherwise, you will never see that place. Just book it and go. Obviously, be sensible about your booking, but just take the plunge. Um, and the second one would be to, I know we've already touched on it, but to enjoy all the aspects of that trip. Don't go just as a tourist. Go and enjoy the experience, the culture, the food. Try new things. I mean, if your friend wants to stay at the hotel for the rest of the day, don't worry about it. Go to the beach or wherever, go to the lake. Just try new experiences. You don't necessarily have to mingle with people but you can try things whilst you're there. And it would be such a shame to go home and think, oh, I really wish I'd gone to that one temple or I really wish I'd gone and tried that one super famous like drinks bar or something. Yeah, just just do it whilst you're there. Yeah, I, lo I love that answer, just go. Um, that's the thing I've kind of, I've had that battle in my head before. I've been like kind of worrying about booking it, worrying about going on my own. And then I'm just... I just kind of go, I'm just going to do it. <laughs> and I just click book and I've had some amazing uh, experiences and trips from doing that. So I love that advice. Um, and I love what you were saying about, you know, don't worry if other people that you're with are saying, oh, I don't want to go to this, you know, because I, just 
get out there and do as much as you can. Definitely. I'm just definitely, um, you know, no one gets home and thinks, Oh, I'm so glad I didn't go here. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? For sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I've, I've been on both sides of it where I've been on a trip with a friend who I've lost touch with now, but we went on a trip together and she didn't want to do anything. And it was awful. And you, you spend your hard earned money to be there and you want to experience all, you know, the things around you, but you're just sat in that hotel room and it's the most infuriating thing. Um, but then, I mean, you know, if you go with more than one friend, you've got the opportunity that at least one person in that group will want to do something with you. Or if you go solo, you have none of those worries. Exactly, exactly. Another application for solo travel. I love it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and uh, you mentioned food. I always like to ask this. Is food something that's really important to you when you travel? Um, I mean, I like to eat, but yeah, <laughs> I'm not so bothered. I mean, so long as there's something that I'm happy to eat, and I'll try most things. I've, I've eaten off the street food markets in Thailand, so, you know, I'm, I'm pretty not fussy and um i mean as so long as i can try something that's local i generally try and aim for that places can be really expensive like scandinavia and iceland in particular are super pricey so you may not be able to try an array of local foods there um but yeah as long as you get one dish in there somewhere mm. yeah i think trying food is is really important to kind of learning about more about the culture while you're there so yeah, I would always always definitely recommend people to at least try one one local dish uh, while they're there. But as you say, it can, it can be quite expensive. So even if it's just one, at least you're at least you kind of made the effort. Yeah, at least you've you've ticked the box. Like I love trying different things. Like growing up Italian, we have mostly had Italian foods, and seeing your friends look at that Italian food and going, "What's that?" You kind of think, "Well, why don't you just try it?" So yeah. it's a shame to have that available to you whilst you're in a country and you just turn it all down and go for pizza all the time um but yeah i mean you can mix and match what you eat but i always love to try and get something local in there yeah i don't know i've never heard of anyone questioning italian food <laughs> italian food is yeah, amazing so it's i had it constantly growing up everybody was like what are you eating i was like oh sorry but um yeah so many people are i think are afraid of food that they don't understand i've taken a couple of cooking classes in thailand as well like and it's just amazing the ingredients that they use you can go and you know if you've gone solo to like an airbnb where you've got a kitchen you can go to a market somewhere and buy all the produce I mean, you don't have to but it's a really nice experience to also add on to the culture and the food side of things too mm, definitely and I, I like that you just said yeah go to a market and use the local ingredients that's something i definitely want to try because uh you can get such good ingredients that you can't get in your home country. Uh, when oh, you're honestly, it's so true. I picked up, I don't know how I found it in England. I, I think it must have been um, a small supermarket. Oh, I went to an Asian supermarket um, and found Thai basil, which I've never been able to find anywhere in England since coming back from Thailand. And just the smell of it takes you back straight away to those early morning food markets. Mm, definitely. Yeah, I can imagine. That's uh, definitely the, the beauty and the power of, of food when traveling, 100%. So now I want to get into quite a, a deep question. How, okay. is, uh, <laughs> how has travel changed your life, would you say? Um, I would say, first and foremost, it's definitely given me some serious confidence. 
Um, and it's also really shown me how strong of a person I can be when I need to be. Um, I was quite ill on my, Scandin my first trip to Scandinavia. <clears throat> I um, ended up with kidney stones halfway Ooh. in the trip. I'm sorry to yeah, hear that. I was very ill. I was rolling around on the bathroom floor. I was vomiting. I was in and out of consciousness. Um, and luckily I was on that trip that I booked with the company and they really took care of me. I was in a, an, a night clinic for just a few hours. Um, the healthcare over there is amazing, by the way. They'll, they'll see you and sort you out within like half an hour. But uh, yeah, the, I mean, I was in pain for the rest of the trip. And at one point I thought, should I go home early? But I didn't. Um, and I kept going. And that is something that I will never forget now. Yeah, I, I'm really glad you shared that story, actually, because um, I've, I've known of a couple of people who who do kind of worry about that kind of thing when going abroad. I know it, it rarely happens, but there's always yeah. there's always someone who worries. So I'm glad that you shared that experience and that it's not it's not so bad. I mean, I know it's, as you said, Scandinavian healthcare is super good, and it might not be as good in other places, but um, you're Re, um, account of what happened makes it sound like it was manageable yeah I think if I on that occasion I was super fortunate to be with other people um, because it was such a quick thing that happened and they really took care of me but it's the only one issue I've ever had thankfully touch wood um, whilst traveling solo um, that you know medically that I've needed attention but I've been on trips with family who have you know, hurt themselves very minorly or been bitten by insects or something. We've had to find a small clinic. It's, I mean, everything's doable. I mean, if travel insurance, I would say everybody should get no matter mm. where because it's a lifesaver. It saved me hundreds of pounds in Norway. Um, but when you've got that, it's easy enough to be seen and to have everything dealt with. Yeah, definitely get travel insurance. <laughs> uh, as I, as you said, um yeah cool so next i want to go i want to ask you you already listed some amazing places that you've you've been but what would you say the best place you've been is oh uh, um it's definitely a toss-up between iceland and slovenia they are the most incredible countries to go to honestly i've seen the northern lights in iceland um, on a Christmas Eve in the snow, it was the best experience. Nice. But then Slovenia, in it's in Europe, um, and it has all the the kind of mountain and lake views that you would find in Canada. So it's a nice closer to home experience. Yeah, I've really heard. I really want to go to Slovenia. I've heard from a couple people. It's like a real hidden gem. It is. Yeah, I think the accommodation now that more people are going is slightly going up in price but um you can still find lots of cheaper spots i mean i've got in my room that i'm is in front of me right now i, I bought a map um of lake jasna from slovenia it was my favorite place in the whole area that i went to and it's the waters in slovenia are crystal clear some of them you aren't allowed to swim in or fish in and they preserve them that way uh, so yeah it's, it's a real amazing country and everybody's so friendly and again they've got their own foods that you can try and it's just one beautiful country 
Yeah, it definitely looks like it in, in the pictures. It's definitely one I'm adding to my list. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I would absolutely recommend it. Great. So, yeah, no, thanks for that suggestion. Um, but so you have clearly had a, a very extensive experience traveling and you've already given some great snippets of advice here and there. But, uh, you know, what's kind of some advice you would give to someone just starting out traveling? If someone, you know, came to you tomorrow and was like, I'm going to go on my first trip. What, what would you what advice would you give to them? Yeah, so um, I would say to really look at the place that you want to go to i mean if you've got a budget try and stick to it um i mean it doesn't always happen but um yeah if you've already got places planned out to where you're going to go try and look for accommodation before you get there sometimes it's super easy to find accommodation whilst you're there but it's always safer especially as a solo traveler to have all of that booked already um and also always 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 get travel insurance always <laughs> yeah definitely especially after your uh uh your your trip to was it norway where you had norway, the yeah, things, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah definitely get travel insurance <laughs> um, yeah especially with everything going on now with yeah. you know covid and things travel insurance will um, i sound like i'm an ambassador for travel insurance but um it'll help <laughs> with any flight cancellations and I've, I've had so many friends in jams because they haven't taken it out and that is always my it's always at the top of the list that I recommend when somebody asks me about travel. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then moving on, as you mentioned, the you know kind of unavoidable topic right now: COVID, coronavirus. Yeah. It's everywhere. It doesn't seem like it's going away anytime soon. So, how, what are your kind of thoughts and feelings towards travel in you know during this whole thing? And because obviously now traveling's open up, opening up again. Um, so you know how are you feeling um my thoughts on it is that my sofa is very comfortable um i'm not confident at all right now in traveling anywhere um i won't get on a plane for anything at the moment and that's just personal preference but i've got obviously family in italy who express what's happening over there and obviously they had quite a, a traumatic time with it when it was at, at its most um in italy and you still have to have documentation now to leave the house. You have to wear masks and gloves constantly when you're going into places, which I think some countries are handling it really well. I don't think England is. Um, but <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I personally, I'm, I'm still a bit nervous about travel right now. Oh, that's, that's interesting. Um, and I'm sure many other people listening uh, are in kind of the same mindset as you. And you mentioned that, you really don't feel comfortable flying. So, but would you consider other forms of travel, maybe trains or uh, do you drive? Do you have a car? Would you consider driving somewhere or getting a coach? Uh, I did. I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't get a coach um, because they are always absolutely packed. Um, I've heard that some trains are seating you apart from each other. Um, so if I, if I had to, then I would do that. But predominantly I would, I would drive, um, but then I would probably stay in England. But right now I'm, I'm quite happy with just getting on with other things at home, working from home. Um, and when travel maybe becomes a bit safer next year, then I might start to reconsider it then. But is it not in the back of your mind though, that um, this is just 
going to be around for a while, a, a couple of years, yeah. and that you're, you know, so you either take the risk and travel now, or you might have to wait up to, you know, three, four, five years in the in the in, a, in the future. Is that something that you've kind of thought about? Yeah, definitely. I mean, if we're, and I assume we still will be in the height of it next year, then at that point I'll have to weigh up the, would I rather see a country and just take the plunge? Obviously I would have the mask, possibly the gloves for public places. I would make sure that I'm safe for myself, but you know, places like, I would love to visit Korea, but you have to legally do a two week quarantine when you get there. So, you know, other countries are implementing that here and there as well. Europe isn't as much, but um, yeah, by the time you get there, you, you've spent your two weeks in quarantine. So, you know, it's kind of a toss up of where you're going to go versus what precautions you take for yourself, I guess. Definitely, definitely. Um, and following on from what you just said, would you be more inclined to do Europe first, just to kind of test the waters a bit before you branch out any further? possibly i mean i've always got the option of you know it's probably quite a fortunate option of being able to visit family in italy or sicily so but then there's always the worry you know if you went from quite a public airport and public flights we all know how jam-packed they can be um do i then take something unknowingly to the family so you know i probably would stick to solo travel and you stay away from people and then when i came home i would quarantine for two weeks before I see my own family here so yeah I, I mean travel is a huge passion of mine but then safety you, you need to consider that as well definitely definitely um but I mean I think it can be done safely as you say if you wear the mask and yeah make sure you're clean um and, you know it keeps the hygiene rules and the regulations um and is that something that you're also thinking about obviously all these diff- all different countries have different regulations from their governments different not only with different countries having different quarantine rules but the actual like do you need to wear a mask in a shop or you know is that something that you'll you'll look at when you start traveling again to when you're deciding where to go um i mean it's always nice to know what the precautions are before you get there because imagine landing in a company uh, in a country and then they tell you you have to quarantine for two weeks and you didn't realize so yeah I mean that is definitely something I would look at for any country I go to now for the next couple of years but I will always just as a personal thing I will probably always wear a mask when I'm in public places and always keep up the extra hand washing I mean I wash my hands plenty of times a day anyway before this all happened but I'm doing it even more now and and I would definitely do that anywhere I go going forward yeah as you, you know that's the great that's a great answer um just you know i i agree i think you should always wear a mask in public places especially when it's not your country you know you don't want to be that person that brings it somewhere else um it's always that one person from england as well isn't it so you don't want to be that person i'm waiting for that headline you know (laughs) random yeah some idiot from england not obeying the rules and getting off in someone's grill and giving us all a horrible reputation i promise we're not all that bad (laughs) no it's really not all like that but um yeah i mean you you kind of i guess it's for anything really you have to be respectful of any other country just like you would for their religion their culture 
this is a serious pandemic that's affecting the world. So you want to be respectful of their rules. I mean, it, it's there to keep you safe and them safe at the end of the day. Exactly, exactly. Um, and, you know, I think, and I mean, you could tell me otherwise, but I think at a certain point, we just need to kind of just start doing things again, obviously as safely as possible, wear masks and, as I said, you know, wash your hands. But I think it is, cause, and all the job losses in the travel industry as well, something I think we've got to think about, you know, uh, people not traveling is going to cause so many people to lose their job is you know are you thinking about that as well yeah I mean I've found it's, it's had quite a detrimental effect on my um, business so I can completely sympathize with anybody in the travel industry it's been really difficult and um, you know airlines big airlines I don't really sympathize with because I feel like they've got a huge budget and they could stay afloat here and there if, if they really needed to sort their budget out. But I do sympathize with the staff, um, the smaller people, you know, the, the tour companies, everybody that really is suffering from it. But I think a lot of travelers who I know are just now starting to really, you know, book things because so many people had holidays, flights, hotels, everything, everything got canceled. Um, people have only now just started to get refunds from it and you know that was march april so you know there's definitely a bit of a backlog on it but people are slowly thinking right it, it's maybe time to look at booking things for for the end of this year over 2021 and so i think slowly things should hopefully start to improve for the travel industry yeah i think i've seen that as well more people starting to book i think much more for 21 as you were saying um I think it's going to be a slow <laughs> kind of time for travel still this year, uh, which is obviously 100% understandable. But and and you were not mentioning airlines. I know you said you you didn't really feel comfortable flying, but are you looking at the airlines at the moment? And are you looking for the ones that are dealing with this better than others? So they're saying we will, you know, leave the middle seat free so we can distance people, and we are being really good on refunds. Is that kind of something you're looking at and are you, is that going to stick in your mind when you do start traveling again and think okay this airline were horrible during the pandemic I'm not going to book with them again um I think yes and no um I mean it's like the whole thing where you know where Weatherspoon's mistreated their staff yeah I probably wouldn't consider going back to there anytime soon the way they handled things but you know, certain airlines, it's, it's mostly what I've seen is the, the middleman, for example, booking agents that you're, that people are having the issues with. So I don't personally use booking agents anyway, and I would book my flights or accommodation directly. So, but, but anybody I know who's booked something, their issue has been with the middle person rather than the airline themselves. But airlines taking things into consideration like leaving the middle seat free are things that I probably would be more comfortable with booking uh yeah and I I like what you're saying about booking agents uh, that's that's definitely a good point um do you think that that's going to kind of cascade further and that a lot of people are going to completely change how they're booking um as a result of this yeah I think people who are interested in travel will probably boycott an awful lot of 
booking agency now and book directly. But then, for example, you know, British culture for travel is book through a booking agent, go on a cheap flight to Spain. I think those kinds of people who like to holiday, probably, unless they've had an issue with a certain booking agency, wouldn't, uh, you know, wouldn't consider it and would book anyway through them. But more avid travellers who are noticing all of this happening, who follow lots of booking agencies and are seeing the problems that other people are having, probably would avoid them going forward. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think, as you were saying, there's kind of people who go on holidays and, you know, actual travellers. And I think this is going to more distinctly define that line between holidayers and travellers. Uh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. And, you know, I think, as you know, we were saying about uh, the disrespectful <laughs> English person, <laughs> which would probably be more likely to be, uh, you know, a holiday a holiday yeah. as opposed to a traveler because I think yeah. you know being a traveler and you're seeing so many different people um you're seeing a lot of people that don't speak the same language as you who don't look like you and it really I think helps you to have such a make yourself such a more accepting open understanding person and really helps to break down prejudice and stereotypes which, which we talked on this podcast about before uh is that something that you you also think you also kind of relate to yeah I totally agree like I am more than happy to in fact I probably look for more other races I don't know is racist the right word but other cultures to mingle with I think being an Italian person having grown up in England has been quite a difficult journey um, even in this remote part of England, I, I'm not, not, I mean, I, I grew up in Bristol, we moved to Cornwall, but um, it, it's been difficult. And so I've always looked for, I mean, my, my friends are British, don't get me wrong. Like, I love my friends dearly, but I always love to meet somebody from another place. I just feel like there's more understanding from them as well. And like, you know, other travellers, like you say, who go to other countries rather than immediate Europe like Spain or France they they experience more cultures and, and they interact more with other people so they do sympathize more with you know the amount of people that there are in the world and the different people that you interact with so yeah I, I definitely sympathize with that completely yeah I'm, I'm 100% with you I love to meet people uh, from all over the world and different places and uh, that's I mean I live in London at the moment and that's why I love London because yeah. there's so many different people here I've I've met people all people from all over the world come to London and you know I've met people from all over the world here and it's it just it really helps to enrich your life and gives you so many I think lessons um, that you can learn from it really does especially if they're first generation over here as well they always bring the best recipes with them <laughs> that's definitely true yeah <laughs> uh, are you a good cook yourself being a big from an Italian family <laughs> yes yeah I I um, live alone so I have to cook all my meals I mean my mum and my dad in true Italian fashion I can see their house from my bedroom window so you know <laughs> if I get fed up with the cooking I just nip over there but yeah I mean it's something I actually said to my mum yesterday was we need to eat more Italian food again we've been here for so long that we do eat a lot of British food now which is fine but you miss that cultural side of it. So whenever we have gone back in the past, it's so nice to get all that Italian Sicilian cultural food again in front of you. I can imagine. And oh, that food sounds amazing right now. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. 
Uh, cool. So wrapping things up, I always like to ask people, um, where are you going next? Well, I think I mentioned earlier, I would love to go to Korea next. Um, I mean, obviously I'll have to wait until their two week quarantine is up. I mean, I'd probably happily do it if I had the funds, but I'm predominantly more of a budget traveler than a luxury traveler. So I don't want to end up somewhere for two weeks quarantining and then have to have another two weeks on top. But yeah, Korea or older China, rather, I'd like to see new and old China. But yeah, those areas, I think, are definitely high up on my bucket list next. Nice, nice. Yeah, definitely uh, good places to go. Um, But are you thinking maybe a staycation (laughs) this year? Yeah, probably. I think Scotland's quite high up on my list as well, but I know they've got different rules than we have in England. Um, so yeah, that's, I mean, and that's drivable, even though it's quite a long distance. So yeah, that would probably be maybe the, one of the first trips that I would take would be in the car driving up to Scotland. Mm, Scotland's got some beautiful places to see, uh, especially around the kind of the highlands and where all the locks are. So Uh, that sounds like a good trip um to substitute international travel for now (laughs) yeah temporary substitution yeah but a good one definitely definitely cool so thank you so much uh claudia for speaking to us today um really enjoyed listening to your experiences and your some great advice there especially for uh, any uh budding female travelers looking to go out on their own for the first time so thank you so much for sharing uh Uh, thank you so much for having me Oh yeah, no worries at all. And um everyone should go definitely go check you out on Instagram and go check out your blog. So if you could just uh tell us tell everyone they can find you on Instagram again, please. Yeah, so my Instagram is perfectly Claudia and the blog is the same as well. Cool. And yeah, everyone definitely go check her uh out Claudia's stuff because uh, some great content over there. Uh cool. So thanks you so much for listening, everyone, and we will catch you in the next one. <laughs>